Now, with the first week, I talked about why we need to appropriate our identity in Christ. And the first reason was because we are blessed with every spiritual blessing will make us feel secure and keep us praising God for all the good things he has already done and things that we possess in Christ. That was the first point that I talked about. And then the second one is if we don't realize our identity in Christ, we will live with a sense of guilt. Third reason is not realizing that we are part of Christ's family will keep us in bondage to the world. So those were the three reasons that we got to. Uh, last, I guess it was, what is it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was, anyway. So tonight, I'm going to talk about the fourth reason that we need to. And that is, our greatest purpose, joy, and sense of fulfillment comes through pleasing the Lord. That's why we need because we get a sense of, of fulfillment. And when, joy, when God's in our heart, it's kind of hard not to be happy. and not hard, It's very hard not to be joyful. People get saved, or, or, people, or when God touches somebody's life, man, you can just see a smile break out upon people's face. And you can see their attitudes change, and you can see that a person's different. The difference is that, that they're clean, their lives have been cleaned up, and all, of all their, their sin and everything that's been in their life is gone burden taken off of you, it's very easy to smile, isn't it? You know, you may work and struggle. These people that are in the army or the, they have to do carry all these big heavy packs on their back. What do they weigh? 40, 50 pounds or 70 pounds? I don't know what they are. But I'll tell you, at the end of that walk, man, I'll tell you, they put that pack down and take that thing off and man, they feel relieved. And you can probably, I'll bet they even smile. Oh man, I'm glad that's off. And that's what happens in our life is when we, allow, when we come to Christ and he relieves that burden, there's a joy that he leaves in our heart. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever you do in word or whatever you do in, in word or do, do it all to the glory of God. So we, as we praise God for all that he has done for us, he leaves us for all the good things in our life. And when we appropriate Christ's identity and when, when he dwells within us and we like him, we have that relationship with God that we don't, we wouldn't have without Christ. And only those that have Christ's identity in their lives and on their lives have the freedom to be able to talk to God. Those that aren't identified with Christ, we can't, they don't get to go into the throne room. To go and talk to God, friend. Back to the type things, they have to stand afar off. Because it's only those of us that have Christ's identity in us that are allowed to get in God's presence. And that's it. No one else is allowed to. They have to stand afar off. Pray prayers that don't go anywhere. But when we have Christ's identity in our hearts and in our hearts, then we get to have the benefits of having identity. That means talking to God. That means being able to... Um, be with God. Second Peter 1, 3, and 4 says, Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world of lust. While we have his divine power, presence in our life and knowledge of him it has made it's freed us from all the bondage and all the fleshly desires of life when we have his identity and, and we're labeled or we're numbered with him then our lives are different 
We don't have, if you knew me back before I became a Christian, oh, you might have liked me. But as a Christian, you wouldn't have liked me. <laughs> you wouldn't like my mouth. You wouldn't like my attitude. You wouldn't like my drinking. You wouldn't like a lot of things about me. But see, Christ changed me. And now I have his identity. And I want to be like I want my life to, to, to mean something. And be, it, uh, the image of Christ. Oh, man, it, it, I can't even express the joy that, makes, that happens in our life. And when you talk to people, they don't understand that. All they see is the legalism about Christ. And they oh, man, I don't want to be identified with Christ because, man, you're a bunch of idiots over there. You can't do, and all they do, do you notice that the people don't go to church that aren't Christian? All they're worried about what you can't do, the things that you can't do. But you know what? When I became a Christian, there isn't anything that I can't do. There's some things I don't want to do anymore. I'm not interested in, in going down to the bars anymore. I'm not interested in drinking the time I get home from work, get up in the morning until I go to bed. I'm not interested in that lifestyle anymore because Christ has changed. And if I don't want to, then I didn't, there's no can about it. There's an I don't want to in there. God changed the can't do's to the I don't want to's. And the world can't understand that. But they can't understand something different about us. And it doesn't take someone very long when we have the identity of Christ in us for them to know that there's something different about us. We can walk into a room and the atmosphere changes. The minute we walk in, especially if they aren't Christians, you walk into a room full of non-Christians, there's just an uneasiness that happens in there. Anyway, I've experienced that. Maybe you... Maybe I'm just the only one. And I remember when, when we moved to Colorado, I realized the oppression that's in this area until we left. And then we came back, and I thought, whoa, man, there's a heavy oppression in here. There's a area that isn't any other country, any other area of the country. And it's an oppression that you don't understand until you're here. When you live here, then you understand it. But then you get away from it, and like I said, it's just like some, that oppression's, the oppression is, and the darkness isn't so dark. Sure, there's involved in, in people that aren't Christians. There's a darkness that's there. But you have, when you deal with people that are just religion-oriented, not Christ-oriented, religion-oriented. When you're religion-oriented, you're in bondage. And Christ doesn't like religion. He doesn't like any religion. He doesn't like the assembly of God religion our whole experience on because he didn't save us so we can have a religion he saved us so we can we can ha be like him and religion just helps us in our in our life it helps us get rid of those some of those gray areas that we experience as christians but he wants to like christ and jesus didn't have a problem with a lot of things he had a problem with he didn't have to worry about things because there was no gray areas but when we appropriate christ's identity self then all those gray areas that we think are gray areas, they're not really gray areas anymore because it becomes black and white. And that's why it's so important for us to appropriate his identity. Waiting, all we got to do is just say, God, let's be like Jesus and pray that prayer and mean it and say, God, how can I be like Jesus? What do I have to do in my life today to, to change me so I can be like Jesus? What do I have to do? And then we have to be ready to, for the answer because God will tell you. We may not like it, but he'll tell us if we're honest in our own heart about wanting to be like Jesus. Because that's God. And when we, 
we don't have to worry about it because God will tell us what God will is. And what we have to do is look at the word. And in here, we can find a lot of God's will for our life. He knew, we know that it's God's will for us to come to church because he created the church. He created buildings for us and a desire for us to fellowship together. God created that desire, and he says, don't forsake those times because it's important. And if you want to be like Jesus, fellowship all the time. And people love to be around Jesus. Sinners alike, they love to be around Jesus. Sure, they knew who he was. He was a religious fanatic in our time frame, and he was talking about God, and, and he was trying to do everything he could to be able to lead people. But that he still gained the respect of people because he was a fun guy. And we as religious people, if all we have is our religious attitudes and that, we're not going to be fun to be around. But Jesus was fun to be around. And if we appropriate his identity, then we can, be, we can fellowship with people and understand that there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're Christians, they're, they're holy rollers or whatever they want to call but there's something that they will respect about us because Christians speak with authority because we have the authority. Jesus has given us the same authority he had. And we as Christians, if we're having struggles in a lot of area, maybe it's because we haven't appropriated that authority that Christ has for us. Christians, he has the kinds of authority he's given us. And if we don't have, if we're not looking in power, then we haven't appropriated that identity of Christ walking in the authority he's given us. We have to take those things and appropriate for ourselves. Now this water can be really good and I can be dying of thirst and it can sit there and say, say all I want, but until I take that, I have to physically take that. And all that, I have to take it off. It, it's got a cap on, I have to do something else. <laughs> and that's the same thing with, with the authority of Christ. It's there for us and in 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 his word he talks about it, but we have to appropriate it. To be able to make it our own, just the way Christ did. And he's given us so much of his authority if we'll just find out what it is. A lot of times Christians are struggling because they don't know who they are in Christ. And they don't know what their identity is. To them, you ask, it doesn't matter, of, are you a Christian? It's which church you go to. Oh, I go to this church because that's what their identity is. Their identity is the church they go to. But that isn't what Christ has for us. I mean, it's nice to be able to, to identify with a, with a congregation because that holds you accountable. It holds you accountable to a certain standard that they have, and it helps us. But isn't the identity that he wants us to have the identity of Christ in our lives, and he wants us to be able to reach out to people as Christ would reach out to him. He wants my hands to be his hands. He wants the things that I say to be that Jesus would say. And he wants me to go the places that Jesus would go. And that's what it means to identity. It, it, it means that I'm just in, I'm here in Jesus' stead. Now that puts a new slant on it, doesn't it? Now if we do that and we understand that, we can realize, well, I'm not going to go over here because I know Jesus wouldn't go there. Isn't that true? It's going to keep us from, from out from doing a lot of things. It'll keep us from doing a lot of things we shouldn't And it'll go places we wouldn't normally go here well would jesus want to go there and and have know about him there's very few places that we go that they don't know about that he wouldn't want us to know about him and jesus so we need to we need to rethink ourselves and quit identifying ourselves with the name on the door and start identifying ourselves with the savior and appropriate his identity and that'll make it a 
Christ so much simpler. God, I do. And I believe that all the, all the and everything that they state comes right out of the And they've made it a simpler for people to understand because sometimes that we need rules and regulations, especially when you first get saved. You, you, when you first get saved, you you're, want to go from here to there, but you don't know how to do that. So you're kind of over here and you're over there and you're over here. Well, the churches and the organization of religion, they help you. They say, well, you can do this. It doesn't matter what you can have a little bit to drink. Okay, they say drink because they know all the hearts and all the problems that are involved in that. So we understand that. Well, I'm not going to argue with someone who says, well, I can, I can drink. Well, maybe you can. I can't. <laughs> maybe you can't. And as a minister, it tells me I can't. I don't know. That's what it tells me. As somebody got messenger, I signed that thing, and I said, agreed that I'm going to go by the, what they believe, and so that's what it is. I can identify as somebody that goes to church. That's the world is with. But I want me to be Christ. When they look at me, I don't want them to see the of God. And the only way I can do that is by appropriating his identity. And his identity isn't going to come into my life if my life match up or, or equal up, as his word says. If I'm doing things that Jesus wouldn't do, I'd be ashamed if the pastor seen me doing it, or I'd be ashamed if people from the church seen me doing it. Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. But when we appropriate Christ's identity for our it makes our, our, it makes our journey, it makes our life so much easier. And that's why it's so important for us to do that. Ephesians 7, 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It's in him we have redemption. Through him we're forgiven. Not, not by, because somebody, you went and told somebody in the things that I did this, and they said, okay, it's all right. No, it's not all right. If I haven't told Christ about it, and if I haven't asked him to forgive me, and I haven't put it under the blood, guess what? I'm not forgiven. He's the only one that can forgive sin. I can't forgive it. You can come up and tell me something that you've done, and I can pray with you to give that to Christ until you're willing to ask God to forgive you for that. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter. What does God say about it? And God's the only one that can forgive sin. And when we appropriate his identity, we know that. We know that we can come to him. It doesn't matter how much come. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care wants us to come, if it means every single day of our life or every hour five minutes, it doesn't matter. He wants us to come and know that he's the only one that can grant forgiveness. And when we're coming to Christ with these kind of things, then we're acknowledging that we have sinned and we're not perfect and we need him in our life. And we need to appropriate his identity for our life. The fifth thing we, do, we need to do when we are dreamed um, to appropriate his identity is we are dreamed by his grace so we don't have to live like people in Ephesians 1 said, we are in Christ, are equipped with great wisdom and insight. We don't have to live in bondage. I, we see people every day, they're in bondage. They may, may not be, we think, they may not be in bondage, uh, they may not be in bondage to drugs. Well, maybe they're in, in bondage They're in the bondage to, to working too much that they have to get all, these, uh, get all this stuff in their lives. Maybe that's the bondage. In because they got to get more toys because the one with the most toys wins. Isn't it? <laughs> they say that, you know, you know, the only difference between a man and a boy is the price of toys. Hey, 
So but there is so much bondage out there. And we need to realize that people are in bondage every single day to things. It may not be just the big it's pornography. Maybe it's pleasing people. Who knows what it is? But everybody you meet out there, if they're not a Christian, they're in bondage to something. They're in bondage to their sin, number one. No matter what it is. All of us have sinned. So we all have bondage to sin. And as Christians, we don't have to remain in bondage. And when we approach we know we understand so close to God to know that when we something we know instantly we've done something that isn't right. Because he tells us far away from God and you're not living your life. You may have to come to church and listen to me preach about it before you know. And for oh man, I did that. I feel guilty now. But the closer we are to Christ, we just have to do little, just doesn't matter what it is. I how many times do we we do you know, like stupid things and God speaks to us and we think we got to put our cart and we say we go that's no big anyway and then you get there and bothers you too you just dump it right off hey those are the way that God speaks to us He speaks to us in a small voice just doesn't seem like any difference. Kind of voice God is going to speak to us in over these gray areas, some of these gray areas in our life. And we're going to know. But if we're not listening to that small voice that tells us to put the card away or tells us to do these little things, and my husband's a lot of cases, and so have I, when he's out working in the garage and God says, put your goggles on while he's grinding, and oh, get him in a minute. Sure as sure, anything else, he's going to get something in his eye. Because he didn't listen to that small voice. And the same thing happens to me. You really to, how many times has that happened to you? You ought to do that. Guess what? But God wants us to be so sensitive to him that we can appropriate his identity. Because Christ and God, wow, they didn't have a problem communicating at all. And that's God's will for our life. He wants us close to God as Jesus was. And we can do that. That's the amazing thing. We can do that because we have his identity. God looks at us. He doesn't see all the dark of this human form that I live in. He doesn't see all of my past sin. He sees us. And man, he's excited to see me. And he wants to talk to me. Why? Because I have Christ's identity in my life. And that's what God wants in our lives. And that's what we want to that identity. Those in Christ can understand what God's will is for the earth, the church, and for our own personal lives. When we appropriate Christianity, we know what God's will is for our life. Jesus knew from day one what his purpose was in coming here. He wasn't, there wasn't no misunderstanding about why he was here. He didn't just happen to be born and he happened to be the unlucky number that was here. He specifically for a purpose. And God has a specific purpose for every single one of us that are here tonight. Every one of us, God has a purpose for our life. If you don't know that, then he has a purpose for your life. Amen. You aren't just accident happened to, to happen. He plans you, and he knew who you were before you were formed in your mother's womb. That wasn't predestination. He knew you before. He knew you because he knows everything. He knows what's coming tomorrow. I don't know. And he do that, but he knows the things that's going to happen in my life tomorrow. And he knows next week, and the year after that, and all those things. Because God knows all those kind of things. 
when we come to God and we appropriate his identity in our life, that we can know God's will for our lives. And I want to know God's will for my life, and I want to be center of God's will for my life. If you want to be my Jesus has been talking about that. He says, you're not going to be judged for what you, what you do, you're judged on what you're called to do. And that's a scary thought. And I want to be able to come to God and say, God, I submitted myself to your will. I didn't like what I felt you wanted. But when we, once we agree to do God's will, it's the best. When you're in God's will, you're happy doing it. I love doing this. I do. Well, years ago, before I started doing it, I wouldn't have wanted to do it. Kind that of like to disrupt the class in the back of the room. I was the kind that the teacher used to come by the head in the wall, tell me to shut up. That was in those days when they could beat you <laughs> and they could do all, all man. Yes. But it usually wasn't falsely. <laughs> so, but God, well, know His will. It isn't something he's, you know, we may not know the whole big spectrum of what he wants because it scares us to death. If God told me when he first saved me, I'd be doing this, I'd be scared of running. As a matter of fact, I did run. Call in my life. And one day maybe I'll preach that sermon. So God wants us to know his will for our lives, and he wants us to know the will, uh, the will for our church here. That's God's will. And us, body together, when we all identified with Christ, we all, all can figure it out together. And that's God's Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says, This I pray that you love would abound still more and more in real knowledge and depth and insight, so you may discern what is best having been filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and the praise of God. Ephesians 1, 10 says, We are in Christ, have been brought under Christ's authority. When we're identified with Christ and, and we've given our life to him, we're under his protection and under his authority. Nothing can happen to our lives God. It's okay. Now, we may not like it, but that doesn't matter what thing that comes into our life, the bad things and the good things. The bad things that happen to our lives are the things that are supposed to draw us closer to God, and they keep us on our knees. If we prayed just as much when things were going well as they do when they're wouldn't have so many dark but we're on knees and we're praying God help me well God need we need those times of communication with God and we need those times of faith because those are the times that we grow any things to be happy when they're on top of the mountain that's great it's who you are in the valley God wants to change God wants to change the person that's in the valley because that person is the one that the world sees. They're the ones that see what's going on and how we respond. And we can shine. And those are different about them. I want whatever it is. If they can go through this situation and love God and seem like they're at peace about it and have enough confidence about it, I want that. And that's why we have bad times, or one of the many reasons we have bad times. Ephesians 1 11 says, all things are done according to God's plan and decision, and God chose us to be his own because of his own purpose, based on what he has done the very beginning. Everything happens in our life. Jesus did on this earth purpose. 
something that he didn't do because he wanted to fulfill God's, God's law, God's will for his life, and he fulfilled every single thing that God And that's what he for us. He wants us to fulfill every single thing that God has for us because he knows what benefit it is for us. Everything that happens in our life, God is using for his purpose. He knows that he will, it will make us complete and happy. Sometimes we don't understand that. We don't understand this is the stuff that's going to make us happy because we're Rough times. I'm not happy. Rough times. I don't like them at all. I want the mountaintop. I don't like those times. I don't like the rough times. But as I look over my life and I see that those in my life and those bad, those are the oh, those are the. Thank God that I have Him to cling to, because if I some of the things that's happened in my life, happened to me myself to death because we were destined in that area. I'd be in jail. I keep telling people I'd be in jail. He works in the jail to be up there giving me things because he works in the jail. <laughs> Hi, son. How you doing today? <laughs> and every that kid's going to end up in jail. My kids were the worst of anybody's kids according to because we had parents drank a lot. and But, praise the Lord, I'm happy to All the religious people, kids, they're having more trouble than I am. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it's only by the God. It's only by the grace of God. And he the path that led us to him, and I'm thankful for that. Let's skip over some of this. Uh, closer. We are Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the best thing that we can have as Christians is the Holy Spirit. Man, that, understand how blessed we are. Because we have the Spirit available to us. That's prophet had. They had the Spirit them in their life, but every morning when they got up, they didn't have the opportunity to be able to walk in the Holy Spirit like we do. They didn't have that opportunity. They had to wait for God to speak to them. And those are the only times that they had that anointing of the Holy Spirit. Those are the only times they got to feel the Holy Spirit. Christians, we get four hours a day, seven days. That's exciting to me. Understand that it's his power in my life that sustains me. And when I think I can't go on anymore, they come in. Fresh you like a cool breeze on a hot day. You know what it feels like when you're sitting under a tree in the shade in the middle of a hot day? It kind of blows through you and blows over you and you hear the wind whistling in the trees and you just feel the, feel the cool breath of the wind. What it's like a Christian. And that's horrible to us. Anyone not want to be Christ? Why would we not want to appropriate his identity in our life? We wouldn't. And it's available to us every single day. See, God like Jesus. It's his will. And as Christians, he's going to do things that's in a position to be like Jesus. We have to make the choices. And if we don't get it time around, guess what? you got to go through it again. So if you're going through the same kind of trial this week that you went through before, Last time. Maybe you 
We need to get a degree here in Christianity. <laughs> and sometimes there's more than one test for something. When I went to college, we had more than one test. So far I haven't used, I don't think I've used anything from any thesis that I ever made in college. Any of that but it was the idea of being dedicated to doing it because it was required. And there's why we're doing it, or why God is asking us to do it. And say, God, make me do it. Or he'll say, no, here, I'll show you. And there it is. What would have happened if you hadn't went through that? And what the difference it would have made in your life? But I think that when we get there, we won't care. I'll be too busy eating and running. Food in both hands, like this. I'm going to be able to praise the God, praise the Lord with, with my foot mouth full. Most people say you shouldn't talk with food in your mouth. Ha ha, don't follow me. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I like it. I like it. I can. So it's important for us to be like Christ. And it's available to us. Just put him on. We Christ lives in our life. He lives in our heart. And he comes in and he starts cleaning up our life. And he starts tearing off those things and getting rid of all those things in our life to make us more like him. Because Christ didn't chew tobacco. Nope. Didn't chew tobacco. Here, if he was in base, you have to chew. <laughs> so, and that's what it's all about. We need to appropriate Christ's identity for ourselves. Not because it's, it's in the Bible. Because God knows that when we do that, life's so much easier. It draws, us to the it draws us closer, and it makes us stronger Christians. We can people easier. Jesus, and people liked Jesus; they really did. You're a non-sinner, fun guy to be around, and Jesus changes who we are into His image, and that's what He wants for us. Let's pray. The opportunity.